Can I say thank you very much for those who've been brave enough to come up front and be interviewed. Good on you. Uh, autographs at the back. On the way out, just to say, please sign here. Did you, I don't know about you, but if you were a young person who didn't quite find an egg, I've got good news for you. There are some, where, where, what, what are we doing today? We're celebrating. Now, what does the word celebration bring to mind? Thank you. Helen, spot on, straight there. There will be a chocolate for everybody. Oh, smile straight away. And what's, what's happening is that today we're, we're putting two services together. We're going to have a communion service in a bit. And when people have gone up for their bread and wine and come down, then a tray will come along. And I would ask you to think that there are people after you, so just perhaps to take between one and zero. I was talking to somebody this week, and they said, do you know, David, we have a mums and toddlers at our church. And this mum came with her little uh, toddler and said, here she is. And then she turned to the, 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 the woman running it and saying, do you know, you don't really believe all this Jesus dude stuff. <laughs> and the woman said, well, actually we do. No, she said. Do you know, it's interesting. A lot of people think that. It's a great story, but do we really believe it for today? We have, in the Church of England, a great collection of schools. Do you know we provide something like a quarter of the education of the country in the primary sector? And here's one, Cooper and Jordan, just down the road somewhere. I don't know where it is. Is, that, is it down there? Those of you who are um, was it spatially aware. And people queue to get in. Some of them come to church to, to, to say, we'd love that to happen. Now, the parents don't necessarily believe yet, but they do want the best for their children. When I worked up in Yorkshire, we had church schools where we had Muslim families queuing for their children to come to a Church of England school because we do respect them like Jesus respects them and we honour God, which many schools don't in the community. So there is a desire for our children to have the very best. When, children, when parents come to see me about a new baby, it's, it's amazing. You can see the scales drop. They suddenly discover, first of all, it is only they who've got to look after this thing, this lovely gift, and all the things they've got to learn on the way. How do you change it? How do you hold it? What do you, I mean, all that. But actually, it makes people think that there's more to life than just being busy. Well, I would like to suggest today this, that Jesus actually is very, very, very close to us. But in our busyness, we don't always see it. Did you, if you heard that story that uh, Tom just read to us, Mary went to the tomb and found it was empty. She went because she loved Jesus. Jesus had helped her, and she wanted to honor him now that he died by embalming his body with some lovely oils and perfumes. So she was really sad. She was distraught. She got there, and then she found things went from bad to worse. The very person she'd come to honor, his body had gone. She was just inconsolable. She was weeping. Her ears, so her eyes full of tears. When I was the vicar around here in Middleton, I remember walking in the churchyard, in the church down there, and this man came up to me and says, Oi! They're very polite in Middleton, you know. So. He said, You're the vicar that hasn't visited my mother. Well, I'd only been there about sort of, I don't know, three months, so I, th I thought that was fair. 
So I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I'd love to visit your mother. When shall I come? No, 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 he said. I didn't mean I want you to visit her. Oh, I said, make of that what you will. But when I did visit people, particularly when there'd been a, a funeral coming up with a, they'd lost a family member, I would say, can we just pray that the Lord Jesus will help you through this patch of life? And they'd say, oh, David, please do. And I would pray. And they would say, it's lovely. I found that God has really helped me. And we'd have the funeral and I'd visit afterwards. And through that very difficult time, people, many people could say, yes, Jesus helped me. But you know, sometimes I'd meet them two years later in the high street somewhere. Um, and I'd say, how's it going? How's God for you now? And they say, oh, well, it's all right now. I'm back on my feet. I don't need that anymore. And I thought, oh, what a shame. It is possible to have a, a contact with God, but then when life seems to settle, to say, well, I don't, I don't need that. I would like to suggest that not only do you need it, you will get life in if you have value added to your life. Mary was like that. Jesus had healed her, and she knew that this person could do things for her. So there she was, looking at the empty tomb, and two angels spoke to her. How many people here have had an angel speak to them? Don't be shy. Okay, I, I, do you know, I go around preaching. In some churches, people say, I have. Not many, but they have. Personally, I haven't. So I'd love to meet anybody who's had an angel. Okay, don't worry. Maybe next year, when we gather again, those angels were speaking to her. Angels, amazing. But she couldn't see them. Her eyes were full of tears. Her heart was full of grief and sadness. Life had just got all over her. The angel said to her, why are you crying? Caring for her. Couldn't hear it. So Jesus comes along and looks at her, and he asks the exact same question. Why are you crying? So she turns and looks straight at Jesus, whom she loved and had received blessing from, and said, oh, you must be the gardener. Where, where, where's the body? Could you just show me where the body is? And Jesus said, Mary, and the penny dropped. Suddenly she realized, wow, it's the Lord. It's strange, but a lot of people I meet have had little glimmers of God's presence, and they don't quite know what to do with it. I, don't, I wonder if you're one of them. A friend of mine called Emily, she was a church-going lass, went up through the Sunday school, got very busy and involved, and she felt that God called her to be a vicar. Now, first of all, I'd say I'm very sorry to hear that news. She was a great normal person, you see what I mean? And you thought, this could ruin her. But anyway, never mind. God called her to be a vicar. But then she went off church, she didn't believe in God, and she packed it all in and left. And she said to me, David, I don't understand this. For five years, I had nothing to do with the church. I, I wasn't sure what I believed, um, and I had questions I couldn't answer. But all the same, at the same time, I knew that God wanted me still to be a vicar. And she said, I didn't know how to hold that in my head. I don't believe this. I'm not really sure it's there, but I still have this feeling I'm called. Five years later, she came back to church, and a bit like Joe, she came back and she, began, she, she opened her life to Jesus and welcomed him, and suddenly, like a plant that's in spring, it started to shoot and blossom, 
Her life took off. Jesus came into her life and made a difference. And now she's going off to one of those panels where they, they try and work out, is God calling you to be a vicar? And I think quite probably he is. I don't know about you, whether you've had one of those overtures from God. Something, maybe it was years ago or someday it's recently. It's there. You know that like Mary, Jesus said to Mary, just Mary, God knows your name. He knows you personally, and he wants to give you more. That's the Easter story, that he's alive today. And if you've had that sort of intimation, that niggle, that hunch, maybe that feeling, that experience, can I encourage you to let Jesus into your life and build on it? The great thing about being a preacher is that I turn up and I say, the Lord loves you, would like to change your lives. And then I see something at the door and I say, David, do you know, God has been working in my life for the last five years. And finally today, the penny's dropped. Thank you for that. So uh, what happens next is nothing to do with me. It's up to you. If you are there, if God is on the edge of your life and you'd love more, it's up to you. What I have to do is tell you that I've got the privilege of saying, did you know that Jesus is alive today? Yes, you do. That he's right here in this building? Yes, you know. But he could actually be a significant part of your life from now on. A friend of mine called Beryl, Beryl was a lovely woman in her 60s when I first met her. And she had a heart for people. She lived on a road. Her husband had cancer, so she had to look after him. She had three ladies, older ladies in their 80s, along the road she used to visit daily in the morning and the afternoon. She was, she was a wonderful, good-hearted woman. They were the kind of older ladies, I don't know whether you can imagine it, who used to say, she'd go and visit them in the morning, she'd go in the afternoon, they'd say, why didn't you come and see me this morning? Do you know that? And she said, but I did. No, you didn't. And it was all, but she kept going. And then she found it was all too much. And she was standing on the platform at New Street, and suddenly she just burst into tears. She just couldn't make sense of it. It was keeping all these balls in the air was too much for her. And a friend was standing with her and said, why don't you just come? They do some Bible talks in the cathedral. Just come. Well, I happen to be the guy who did those talks. And Beryl turned up with her friend. And I've, I've mentioned this to some of you before. I don't know whether you can imagine this. Put yourself in my shoes. I, I'm a preacher. I'm a teacher. So there I was on Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday lunchtimes, doing a Bible talk in between morning and afternoon. Beryl's there. And after about six weeks, she stood at the back of the day. She said, David, can I have a word with you? And I think, yes. David, can I say something really honest? Yes. I really don't like your preaching. <laughs> so what do you say then? <laughs> well, I said, tell me a bit about it. She said, I've come to church because I want to feel better. I want to somehow get closer to God. And I come in thinking, I'm a Christian. I've just got to get this right. And by the time you finish speaking, I go out thinking, I'm not even a Christian. Oh, I said, Beryl, I'm, I'm really sorry. How does that work? Tell me what a Christian is. And she said, oh, a Christian's this. Uh, they have kind thoughts. They do kind things. And they say their prayers. And I said, Beryl, I've got news for you. That is not being a Christian. What? She said. That's what, you keep, that's what I leave with. I say, what, what, being a Christian is having Jesus as a friend. Is Jesus your friend yet? She said, I don't know what you mean. I said, okay, so just bear with me. Keep coming and see. 
And one Easter, we had a good Friday service in the cathedral, and finally, finally the penny dropped. Beryl was at the back, and I was doing the preaching stuff from the front. And she knelt down, and she realized that all she had to do was to say, Jesus, I know you're there. Come into my life and be my Lord, and I will follow you wherever you go. That's all she had to say. Come into my life. Be my Lord. I'll follow you wherever you go. So she knelt there at the back. She said, I've had enough of this messing about on the, on the fringe, paddling on the edges. So she prayed that prayer. And Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, came into her life, and she felt different in that instant. And for the first time ever I've seen it, she got, because only I could see, because like you, you're all looking at the preacher. I was looking at the back, as I am now. I can see Graham at the back here, nearly as beautiful. She got up as she started to dance, because Jesus had come into her life and made a tangible difference. And she had stacks of things to learn after that, stacks. But she'd taken that step, and she was so grateful. So while everybody else was looking at the Bible, doing this, Beryl was dancing at the back of the cathedral, just unaware of anybody else, just thanking the Lord for this new beginning with Jesus. Well, I was moved. I'm even moved now, recalling it. She's now with the Lord in heaven. She got older, she got Alzheimer's, uh, she went into a home, and now she's with the Lord she loves, and that's just great. But for us, well, here's my... Suggestion, challenge. Thank you for coming to church today. I'm really delighted to see so many. It does make it worthwhile getting up as a preacher when you have more than four. Thank you for coming. And in the communion, in a moment, if you'd like to come up for a prayer to receive communion or you'd like to sit there, it's all fine. Do what you're comfortable with. What I want really to say to you is this. Jesus is right here now. And if for you, this is your moment, don't miss it. Talk to him. Say, Lord, I've been all over the place, and now I'd like to make a start with you. Say, Lord, I don't know very much about it, but I'm, I want to follow you. I want to find out more. Say, Lord, I'm here. It's me again. And he'll say, I know, I know. That's the point of Easter. The best Easter present is not a chocolate egg although I hear dissent from down here. And I heard somebody say, if they don't get one of those, Easter isn't Easter. It's that high they were. This, the real present for Easter, is the new life that Jesus would like to give us. And the fact is, he's not far away. We are like Mary, so busy with our lives, we don't see him. He's right by your side now. Yes, and you don't see him. He is, he's here. Some, some people have the gift of feeling him. Others have the gift of knowing him in certainty in their hearts. And others are just feeling their way toward it. So what I'd like to do is an experiment. By the way, that's the end of the preach. You can relax now or you can nod your neighbor and wake him up if they've 